said, my soul wants to shout hallelujah. The Bible said every good and perfect gift come from above. And how he's made a way for us, just in everything, in every situation. And how he's done it in a way sometimes that, that he had to teach us as children, is like we would do our own children, and you messed up the room, now you clean it up. You made your bed, now you lie in it. But boy, don't he come and rescue us right in the nick of time. <laughs> boy, we just... We just like spoiled children that the parents say, you're going to clean it up. You're going to clean it all. And after a while, here we come with a bucket of water and a rag. So, well, I might to help you a little bit. I'm saying that you just ain't going to get it done. Boy, ain't that what Calvary stands for today? The part that we just can't get it done, he just comes and he spoils us and he reaches down. Ain't you glad you've been redeemed today? <laughs> Woo! I, I love to go off and preach. I went off and preached last night, but I'm going to tell you one thing. It ain't nothing like preaching right here. I've got a friend of mine who's gone on to the Lord right now, and, and his name is Brother Land, and Brother Land preached in this pulpit one time. He said, Brother Eddie, I'll have to say of all my years, and, and he was old. He was about 110 when he preached here, and all probably 80. I don't know. I, I remember he preached the whole deal, and had them, he had them boots on, you know, come about that high and had a little zipper on the side, them old square toes. Some of you old folks remember them. I don't know nothing about it. But, but anyway, anyway, he preached, and that britch's leg was hung in that boot. And, and he would, he preached that whole deal and, and, and his deal of preaching, he, he'd always say, he said, he'd say, now, I ain't saying nothing. And he'd just be wearing your head out. And I, I told him after service, I said, Brother Land, if you ever get to saying anything, you're going to kill us. You're going to kill us dead. I, I want you to be encouraged when you leave today. That's, and when I woke up this morning, the Lord said, encourage the folk. Encourage the folk. And I, I want to tell you that if, uh, if you can, hold your finger right there while we go over to pick up something, the goodness of our great God or the greatness of our God, either way you want to look at it, just how good he is and how great he is. And we're going to read this Psalms 107. And if I had good sense this morning, probably I just need to read it and shut up and let's go to the house and it'd be pure. But as we travel over with your finger right there to go over to Romans and, and even, even how we come to know the Lord and how that, how that he brought us to, to his goodness in, in Romans chapter 2. We, we've been making, we've been saying this verse a lot in our, in our men's gathering on a Saturday morning. We have a men's gathering here. We had 26 men here yesterday morning. Brother Johnny Wayne, my nephew, he, he preaches. He just hammers on us real hard. But it's turned into just a revival service. A few men on 7 o'clock on Sunday morning, if you, if you can get out, if the dew's still on the grass real heavy and you can't cut the grass yet, you come on out here. We got a, a Shoney's breakfast bar, and it's wonderful. But, but in, in, in Romans chapter 2, I guess I'm going to have to read all four verses to read verse 4. It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whatsoever thou art that judgest, for when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest does the same thing. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them that do such things and do the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? It was a question. 
And it brings me to this verse talking about the goodness of God. Or despisest now thou, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance of his long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It was the goodness of God. It was because we seen he was good. The Bible even talks about if it was nothing else that maybe you was deer hunting on a on a day and you maybe it rained a little bit and a rainbow come up. Maybe, maybe it was a sunrise. Maybe you was hunting in the afternoon and, and it was a sunset and, and it was just the goodness of God. Just maybe it was a nice cool day where it wasn't hot and, and it wasn't cold and you was maybe just sitting in your deer stand. Maybe you was on a beach somewhere and you looked across the water and you seen a sky light up like you never seen before and it was just through the nature. Maybe it was a bird that landed on your bird feeder out in the yard and you, you looked at it and you got to thinking about how bright a color that bird was, whether it was red or blue or whatever color it was. And you just got to thinking about the nature and the things that God would do. But I want you to know that it was, the Bible said that it was the goodness of God. It was God loving you. And the Bible said why we were yet sinners. He didn't love us because we was good. He's never saved a good person. He's never redeemed a good person. The Bible said there ain't none good. But just out of his love and grace and mercy and just the goodness of God, he just reached down. The Bible said that we was in that horrible pit. We was in that miry clay. And just the love of God just reached down there and got you. Oh, it gets good or that. Oh, he put us on a rock. As we think about Peter, as he was talking to Jesus, Jesus asked him, said, Peter, who you say I am? There's some say I'm a prophet. There's some things say I'm other things. Who do you say that I am? He said, you the Christ. He said, you the Christ. You, you, you that thing that can make everything okay. You, you, you that person can take the water. When, when somebody's on, on the shore, they, they out in the waters and the waves and got so big and then got too high. You the one can speak to the wind and the waves and they obey your voice. What a mighty God we serve. But in saying all that and thinking about the big things, how about when you was miserable, that nothing in life was working, just like you'll see all the tabloids if you go to Walmart today. And you look at all the people that they had fame and fortune that's come their way. They've had the big houses. They've had the fancy cars. They've had the big bank accounts. They've had, they've had all the recognition that would be known to man. And still, you can look on them tabloids and they're miserable. You know why? Because inside of all of us, God made a place. Amen. He made a place that only he can fit in there. He made a place that when he comes and he locks into that place, the Bible says it's a peace that passes all understanding. You spend your whole life trying to describe to people. Now, you may be here today and you may be a religious person. I mean, we can be religious about anything. Now I'm preaching a little bit. I might be meddling. And uh, I heard it said one time just because... You go to McDonald's, it don't, it don't make you a Big Mac. You know? You know, just because you park yourself in a, in a garage and you sit there, it don't make you a car. The Bible says over in, in John chapter 3, as we was preaching last night, it said you must be born again. 
Let me take time just to share this just a little bit. And it said, less in, he was talking to Nicodemus, and he, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You must be born again. He said, if you're not born again, said, you can't see the kingdom, neither you can't enter the kingdom. Do you know that when God reached down and he saved you and you was born again, let me jump across this just a little bit, and you was born again. Do you know that now you can see the kingdom? You know that people that are saved can see the kingdom. You may say, well, how do you do this? Scripture says that eyes have never seen. Ears have never heard. Neither does it enter in the heart of man what God has in store for those that love him. The next scripture says, but the spirit hath revealed it to you. Man, if you ever go somewhere and somebody done got caught up in a song and they, and my word, they start shouting and whatever, you know, and, and it just kind of tickles you. You Maybe you ought to just go off in faith a little bit. Look here, if you ever get born again, what it is, I, I believe the Lord just, just gives you a little knot hole, just a little something you can see through. And, it, and it's got to be gentle because heaven is going to be so sweet. When we get with our loved ones, there's going to be no dying, no crying. There's going not going to be no saying goodbye. We're going to have a reunion. As we think about these folks that's come today, and they've got to get together. They're having a reunion. But we got a place in heaven that we're going to have a reunion one day, and we ain't going to never, ever die, and we ain't going to never leave. <laughs> Yesterday, I had some Kentucky Fried Chicken. We was here all day, and left to go to preaching. But it, it ain't chicken like heaven's going to have. It was honest a little greasy. You know preachers can't wait to get to heaven to eat chicken. We love chicken. Heaven is going to be unimaginable. You're not going to imagine how heaven can be. I'm talking about if... I, I, I made a story one time about... My horseshoe was with me. I was preaching revival. And, and I said, if we could really see all of what heaven would be, we would go to somewhere where they're robbing a bank. And we would ask the question, do they do it often? And they said, yeah, it seems like every time we turn around, we, they're getting robbed. We'd say, well, do they ever shoot anybody? Is anybody ever killed in this place? And they would say, yeah. Because we, we don't take our own life. The Bible says we don't do that. But if we could really see what heaven is and what heaven's going to be like, to have your children, as we live in a community now and, and other places the same way, that you can't even stroll your children anymore. Can you imagine an afternoon in glory where you can just stroll your children? You, can you imagine a place where there's perfect safety, there ain't no shooting, there ain't no robbing, there ain't no hating, there ain't no stealing. It's a place just filled with love and time don't even matter. Can you imagine heaven? But I've said it this way. If we could see really what heaven was, I would be that person at that bank. And when they come in to rob, I'd be that person standing in front of the gun saying like, you can't shoot my buddy here. He's got family. Shoot me. He, we would be arguing on who's going to get shot so we could go to glory. Man, that song says, oh, I want to see him. Just to look upon his face. 
all there to sing forever of a saving grace. And my brother, I don't like singing. You better not go to heaven. I mean, there's going to be singing going on all the time. I mean, I mean, you're talking about singing and dancing and glorifying God and seraphims flying around crying, holy, holy, holy. Boy, heaven's going to be a great place. And God reached down. He just reached down. And we were so unworthy. He didn't only save us. But what I want to tell you today, I just want you to just kind of think about how God's brought you to here. Think about where you could have been. Think about how Satan had come and he, he put his grips in you and he, and he had a hold on you and me both. And, and, and if it were not, had not been, David said in Psalm 124, said, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. Boy, I could really get happy about that preaching. There's been time I've took Billy and kind of Almost put him on my side and carried him like he ain't on your side, meaning I'll be there if you get in a jam. He, he's on your side in a way that the Bible said he don't never leave you. Yeah, You ain't never alone. There won't never ever be a time when you come to know Jesus. There won't never be a time. Jeremiah 33, 3, whether you're in high school child or youth or whatever, whether you're in grammar school, whatever age you are, there'll never be a time that you can't call upon Jesus. And he said, I'll be your present help in your time of trouble. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things, which I know it's not. How many of y'all ever had to call on him? Did he answer you? Did he answer you? Did he come through? So we go over to Psalms 107. Being that God has been so good, of course, he's, he's bringing in here. He's going to be talking as we read these scriptures and we won't be long. We, he'll be talking about maybe the Israelites. You just kind of think in that, think of where maybe God has been so good to you, like my word, man, he's been so good to me, Brother Eddie. I, I'm telling you, there's, do you know that there was all kind of forks in life? Do you know you could have got in the wrong car one night with the wrong crowd? You could have been so far from where you are right now, and you think, man, that won't never happen to me. Let me tell you something. Everybody that's ever been in a jam thought that won't happen to me. The course of your whole life could have changed. But God knew you even when you was in the womb of your mother. And he wanted you to prosper. And he wanted you to be in good health. So he looked down out of heaven and he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to take care of you. It says these words, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. You, sometimes we, uh, we had a guy, we was out at a schoolhouse one time for a benefit, and we had this guy, he, he liked to praise God a whole lot. And my word, it got good, and Renee done got singing good, and this guy got up and had him a little Holy Ghost fit, and two of the ladies got up and said, I knew they was going to start that mess, and out the door they went. Can you imagine landing on the streets of glory? One thing, everybody that's ever been redeemed, we're going to be so amazed that we made it. Amen. Even though we got that assurance in our heart, 
Even though we didn't trust him by faith, Sister Donna, when we get to glory, we're going to be so amazed. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus and him saying, there it is right there. There's that spear. Look at, there it is right there. Look at, there it is right there. By my stripes, you were healed. By my stripes, you were saved. To God be the glory. It said, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Is he good? For his mercy endureth forever. The Bible speaks of his mercy because we're fragile. Oh, you're not near as saved as what you think you are. Just, he just redeems you. We've got this outside thing called flesh. And the Bible says that this flesh is worn against the spirit. You want to show me somebody can shout? You want to show me somebody excited? Show me somebody that knows what God's word says about sin. Show me what somebody knows through God's word about how he come and he redeemed you and he knew every time that you was going to fail him even after he adopted you. He knowed every time that you was going to stay home. He knowed every time that you was going to make an excuse when you didn't have no excuse. He knew every time that you was going to call on him when you just neglected him the week before. You made some sorry excuse why you wasn't going to be at church. But look here, his love for you never depended on your goodness. His love is an unconditional love. No matter what you do, he just keeps coming back to you. And through the prodigal son and, and through the parables in the Bible, like the one that run off, he spent all the money. Let me tell you something. If God's mercy wasn't you this morning, you'd be broke and lost again. Do you hear what I just told you? I said if his mercies wasn't you every morning, if he hadn't already done figured in your bad, if he ain't already done figured in that you was going to come to church today, you wasn't going to lift your hands. You wasn't going to praise him. You wasn't going to worship, but he's going to love you anyway. Right in your sad state, he's going to love you anyhow. Man, y'all must be good folks. Y'all must not be low down like me. Let me tell you, inside you, you've got a heart that's desperately wicked. Quit fooling yourself. You go on over yonder to the frozen churches you want to. Let them tell you how good you are. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible said there ain't none good but one, and his name was Jesus, and he redeemed you that way. You go over where somebody's going to brag on you, tell you how good you done. You take your eyes off the cross. Not only you won't be going to church on Wednesday night no more. Not only you won't be going on Sunday night no more. You won't never be going. But you know why? All you'll be operating is on your power and your strength. I love that song said, at the cross, at the cross. Where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. Now I'm happy all the day. When you get born again, as he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't sit. You can't enter it. Told you a story last night about a man named Danny Dudley. Laying with cancer and dying. And I'm going to get on this verse and we'll, we'll get you home in a couple hours. It won't take that long. Listen. He was laying up under a light, David. On a Sunday afternoon, I went down to see him. I knew him through the cowboy deal. He was a flagman. He would flag the time. When you come in the pen, he'd pop that flag and he'd stop the time. Danny laid there with cancer. 
He wasn't responding. He wasn't saying anything. The doctor came in and there was a light over his bed with them bright lights. They swung it over Danny Dudley's bed. Danny Dudley had trusted Jesus just not long for that, before that. And then there's something how the Lord, you're talking about the goodness and the greatness of God. Remember the story in the Bible about the one that had come in early and he told him, I'm going to pay you so much if you'll work today. And they agreed on the payment. You're talking about the goodness of God. Remember the other one come in about noon? They agreed. It was on the same amount and, and they agreed on that amount. And the man said, okay, they agreed on that amount. And just to get to the end of the story, you're talking about the goodness of God. Remember, there's one that come in right at quitting time. They agreed on the amount that would be paid to him. And it was the same payment. My word loud. If you and I wasn't already saved, let me tell you something. God will come to you on your deathbed. You're talking about a love of God and the greatness of God. He'll come to you when you ain't got nothing off. offer. Mr. Benny, I remember what you said when you trusted Jesus. He was laying down there and ripping the hospital. He said, Lord, I said, Benny, you just got to talk to him. He said, I, I don't want to go to hell. I said, Benny, you ain't got to go. Laying there in the same position. I remember exactly what he said. He said, Lord, I don't know why you want to save me. I ain't got nothing else to offer. I ain't got nothing to offer you. Here I am laying dying. Oh, but God looked out of heaven and said, man, you ain't got nothing but cancer. Don't you know that I'm going to sweep down. I'm going to take the cancer away. And I say to y'all as Mr. Benny's friends that are here to have that reunion today that I told Benny Barcroft sitting back there that that cancer that he got was going to be the best thing ever happened to him. It's going to be because of that cancer that you see the goodness of God. See, it was the goodness of God that brought him to repentance. And what we think is bad in our life, God just has to do them things to let us see how mighty and how glorious and how good he is. Man, you got them religious folks that come and sit, hadn't got their hands to do anything. They come trying their best to quench the spirit. You need to know what Jesus told Peter when Peter answered that question and said, who do you say I am? He said, you the Christ. He said, I want to tell you something, Peter. Upon that rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I don't care how you come in here this morning. God loves you. He cares about you. All you need this morning is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all you need. The Bible said, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with, you don't let other things leak in your life. You don't left the air pocket. Then you left a little bit more air pocket. Well, you talking about the goodness of God. He told that man, said, I'm gonna pay you right at the end of the day. They went to paying them out, Larry. You're talking about the goodness of God. See, it was his will that none should perish, Beverly. It was his will that nobody go to hell. Hell was not prepared for you. If you're one of them like, I can't believe that God sent somebody else. He ain't. You're sending yourself. And you know what? Good old church folks going to be there too. The Bible said, after you put your hand to the plow doing something for me, he said, if you ever look back, he said, you ain't fit for the kingdom of heaven. You know why I'm still serving God? Because what the song says. It said, I, I need thee. 
Do you need him? Huh? I got systems don't need him. David, I got systems don't to need him no more. I'm gonna need him next week. I need him last week. I can't do it on my own. Oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. I like this part. Said, oh, bless me. <laughs> now, my Savior, I come to thee. Where are you getting your blessings at? Where are you getting that peace at? You know why you're complaining about everything? Because you ain't got peace with yourself. You ain't got peace in your own home. You ain't got peace in your own car. You ain't got peace on your own swing. You ain't got peace in your own life. The Lord said, that peace that I give. <laughs> he said, the world don't know nothing about. I'm talking about the goodness and the greatness of God. He loves you. Now let me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Man, isn't it something that the Bible says that this thing that God's got is going to endure to all generations. You turn on the TV, you wonder, I wonder what my children's got to go through. I wonder what my children's going to deal with. Man, there's always going to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego somewhere. There's always going to be a church. There ain't nothing the government's going to be able to do about it. He said, this gospel, this message I've got is going to endure to your generation, to the other generations. It's going to endure to all generations. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. <laughs> Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, brother, I ain't one of them kind, but I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just as true as John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Now, Brother Eddie, I want to keep that. They gave his only begotten son. And, and Psalms 23, you know, yeah, I walked through the valley of shadow. Now, I want to keep them too. Well, you got to keep this one too. The Bible said, if you're ashamed of me. You know what makes us most ashamed? It ain't because we're too pretty. What makes us so ashamed is because it's been so long since we've done it. Huh? It's kind of like going back to that little exercise club that you laid out of for a year and a half and you get back on that elliptical and you used to do it for 30 minutes and it didn't hurt you. <laughs> I remember when I first started doing that, that elliptical thing and people telling me they, they get on there. I said, what do you do? They said, we get on there 30, 40 minutes, whatever. I got on that thing five minutes. Look, I was dying. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to make it. I don't know where I bailed out, but it was somewhere around seven. It wasn't much. But you know what I noticed when I started exercising that thing? Look here, I came back the next time. Look here, I went about 15. Wasn't long I was going 20. Wasn't long I was going 25. It wasn't long I was going 30. It wasn't long I had some little earbud bed. I had some old fancy music going, rocking fast. Look here, and I, I happened to turn. I said, man, I hear something squeaking. And that thing was about what? I pulled it out. It was making the loudest sound. Everybody was looking at me. I thought they was excited that me being 23 could do such a thing. Man, I'm glad to be 59. And I'm still running around here. You hear me? I'm telling you, it's the goodness of God. When I, 
When I see people come in my barn, Chris, it takes them 30 minutes to get a saddle on a horse. I mean, Brother Harris, we bless with the health we got. Look at, I don't know what you got, but if you'll start thanking God for the little bit you got, praise God, he may give you some more. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come to church and do some aerobics if you don't do them nowhere else. Just go shop. Just go shop. Just try. Good Lord, exercise your faith. Exercise your prayer. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I can't really do that unless the Holy Ghost on me. Don't ask me to do that tomorrow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who hath redeemed who, who he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I love that old song when they says, Satan had me bound. But Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Well, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Well, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free. Well, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Well, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Well, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free. Y'all killing me. Y'all killing me. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. How do you figure that? John chapter 10. It says Satan came, that old devil, to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I come. Boy, boy, he walked up on a scene at a little Assembly of God church on a Tuesday night. I didn't even know what was going to happen to me. And boy, he walked off in an altar right where I was. I looked up at him. I said, Lord, I don't even know nothing about it. I was going to church three times a week. I said, Lord, I don't know nothing about it. He said, son, it all boils down. What you going to do with me? I'm telling you, you can be a Baptist. You can be a good Baptist, still die and go to hell. You can be a member of this church and you can be a good member. You can still die and go to hell. But I come to tell you, if you ever get born again by the power of God, you can enter this thing and you can start your eternity right now. Man, I ain't waiting one day when I die to start eternity. When you get saved, you already started your eternity. Hmm. We about done. I'm not gonna read this whole thing. Y'all, y'all fortunate. I was gonna, I was gonna preach all 43 verses. I catch y'all up on some of y'all backslidden condition there. <laughs> and gather them out of the lands from the east. Man, as I look around at all of us, we was all probably the less likely ones to be in church. I know I'm the least likely one to be the preacher. But you know what? You'd probably one of the least like the ones at one time to be sitting in this place. It was probably a lot of times that people said about you and your childhood and you, you think about these children and they, they so bad and you know good and well they're better than you've ever been. 
Somebody said probably, you know what, they ain't gonna never amount to nothing. And here you sit today. And it was just by the grace of God. Gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They, they found no city to dwell in. They was like a hermit. It's like without Christ, that's where we'd be. They just, they just wandered that away, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted them. They, they cried unto the Lord. Look, when they got thirsty and they got hungry and when they got like a hermit, and ain't that when we called on him? I remember when Desert Storm was going on. And I'm going to say this real quick and I'm going to get back over here to this. But I noticed on Memphis TV, there would be all kind of little prayer groups going on in Memphis, Tennessee every night when Desert Storm was going on. When's the last time you seen one on there? We call out to him when we're hungry, when we're thirsty, they cried out to the Lord and their trouble. Look here. And, and the Lord just run off on them. He, he never showed up. That's a lie. Look at it. Said, look here, they was hungry and they was thirsty. They were just going back like a hermit. They were just wandering around and they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right hand. He just didn't, he just didn't help them a little bit. He didn't just say, I, I'm going I'm to give you something. You won't die today, but if you don't get some help by tomorrow. No, he, he did above and beyond what you could even ask or think. That's what the Bible says he'll do. He said, my grace is sufficient to supply your every need according to your riches in glory. When God saved you, he knew every time you was going to need a little extra. Boy, this thing is preaching. You hear me? My, head, my little bit of hair I got's even itching. My it said, and he delivered them out of their distress in a distressful way. Sometimes we got, we're in captive by, by something in life. We can be, you can be in captive by your job. You, you can be in captive by your money. You, you can be in captive by the house you live in. You, you think you've got to keep it a certain way. So therefore, you just put your house before God. Sometimes it's with your children. You, you make decisions for your children to be on the Lord's day, and you put that before them. Just, it's just things that get you in prison. Through sickness, sometimes we feel held captive. When we're in danger, sometimes we feel held captive. When we're in distress, sometimes we feel captive. But thank God we that are sitting here today that we know a God in heaven that he ain't never asleep when we call on him. He ain't never in a place that he don't have the power and a supply to come to our need and to meet it. And in closing, I say these words. He led them forth by their right hand that they might go into the city of habitation. Oh, that men, look at that word, said, oh, that men would praise him. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Where am I at? I don't turn too far. Oh, that men would praise him that the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul. He filled the hungry soul with goodness, such as set in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and, and, and contemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought them, brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried upon, unto the Lord in their trouble 
and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and, and break the bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. On and on and on and on. I just want to tell you about a loving God, the greatness of God. As I told you not long ago, we're just that kind of people. Something breaks out with your child today. You're not going to go just to any church. <laughs> you may not even like a Holy Ghost filled church. I remember a lady about my Uncle Percy. She said, Now we didn't go to church together. <laughs> she said, But if I got sick, I called your Uncle Percy. Huh? See, you might maybe say, man, I, I think I want to go where they got that one-two thing and, 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 a, and a good poem and, and a couple of funny jokes and, and we can go out and eat and we can talk about them funny jokes. There are some people say, I want to go to a place where I can be reminded about how good God is. And if wasn't nobody but the Lord on my side last Monday, wasn't nobody but the Lord that kept me all week, wasn't nobody but the Lord that provided me with the food I ate this week. Wasn't nobody but the Lord that gave me that job. Wasn't nobody but the Lord that blessed me. Or you can be what it's talking about right there if we keep reading on about the children of Israel. Pharaoh's right on the hill, just like all your life. Just life in general is right on the hills. And you know the story about the children of Israel. They done got in a jam. They right down there against the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses. And Moses, when you get down at that sea, you're going to turn around. It's going to be a pillar of fire. One thing's going to hold Pharaoh back. But what I want you to do, I just want you to stretch out that rod. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to cause that water to part back. He told him before he ever got in it. He told him before it ever happened. He said, I want you to stretch that rod out, and I'm going to make that water just go right on back. It's going to be a wall of water. It's going to be a wall on your right side. It's going to be a wall on your, on your left side. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to have y'all to cross through there, and it's going to be on dry ground. You're going to ride your little horses and buggies. You ain't going to have to shift it in four-wheel drive. It's going, to be, it's going to be dry ground, and you're just going to walk right on in there, and y'all just going to walk on across. Y'all going to get to the other side. And then what's going to happen, he said, I'm going to release that cloud. And he said, your enemy, Pharaoh, they're going to come get you. And when they get off in the middle of where that, where that big body of water is, that big wall of water is on the right and on the left, and they're going to get off in there, and they're going to get on dry ground also. But what I'm going to do to your enemy is I'm going to have that flood of water to come down, and I'm going to destroy that thing. You know what I've seen in my lifetime? I've seen God destroy. I've, I've had phone calls from people. They said, man, you ain't going to believe what happened. All of a sudden, you get a phone call back. Ten minutes later, said, you know what? It didn't even happen at all. Who did it? You're going to have to tell you it was circumstances. How many times in this church, that, how many more healings we going to have to have where we got 8, 10, 12 cases, 15 cases. We're making a book. Sister Barbara's going to make a book about all the miracles that's happened in this church. Where there was somebody that wanted a job and they called out the job and there wasn't no way that they would ever get that kind of job and how the Lord come or either they was on their deathbed and the doctor said you ain't got no hope no matter what it was, how God has come. I think the walls of every church need to be lined 
It needs some paper on it with a pen on it of every time that God blessed. They need to be lined. The wall coverings need to be, need to be lined with God's miracles. You know what? Because we tend to forget. And you know what? That's just exactly what them Israelites did. Just as soon as they got on the other side, they forgot. I didn't necessarily, I don't, God didn't necessarily have me to prepare a message today that you would get saved, even though I can't imagine why you wouldn't. After you hearing that God loves you, no matter where you at, no matter what you've done, it's his will that none should perish. I don't know why you wouldn't come and give your life to Jesus today. It seemed like the intent of my message today wasn't that message, even though it's always the message of Jesus dying he was buried, and he'll rose from the grave, and he won't save you today. But I come to encourage you today that every one of y'all, he done brought you through some bad stuff. He has me. There are some things that's been in my life, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I remember one time just getting a phone call. Just getting a phone call. So look here, I, I've been on this deal and I, I want to let you know it's over. It's, it's over and done with. It's over and done with. And that didn't just happen one time. David, you back today, but you don't know something. One morning at a restaurant, there was a couple in this church. They was going through something. They met me in my office. I mean, in a destitute situation. I said, I don't know nothing about this situation. I don't know nothing about it. But David Lipson, let me tell you something. What you didn't know, I was asking you an important question. I said, if this right here had happened, and this person did that, and you've been an attorney, an attorney what, what goes on right there? I said, Brother David, there's nothing. There's nothing to it. And I asked him again. He I said, no, I'm asking you now. He said, I'm telling you, there's no grounds. There's no, they're, they're not at fault. They're, just, it's not, they're not at fault. Don't, don't worry about it. And I remember I, I asked you again. I said, man, I'm asking. It's important to me. And I was able to bring that news to a couple in this church. And I said, listen to you, that thing you scared about, it ain't even holding water. You know what? They just claimed the victory over that. Didn't we, Brother Larry and Sister Renee? They just claimed the victory over that. You just don't even know. You was used right there. And I just needed some information to bring back. So look, there ain't no ground. Look, you ain't done nothing wrong. There ain't nothing you can do. Look at and how God just come and he just relieved that burden. You know what God did? God led, led me to David Livingston to get that answer to that question. The Lord led them to that office where we could pray about it. We sent it up to God. God put it back down and God made a way. Woo! Yeah, Just this morning, and I'm not going to talk about all the baby things that went on where people had grandchildren holes in the heart and how God just, I mean, numbers of things. I was telling Brother Leon the same thing. I said, Brother Leon, who's over here? I said, you remember the day you pulled up over that side? And I said, how you doing? He said, I ain't doing too good. I said, oh, yeah, you're doing real good. You're doing real good. Now, I know some of you heathens, y'all don't like to hear about other folks' blessings. Huh? But if I was talking about your blessing, you'd be happy about it. 
That old hate you got ain't going to make it in heaven. You ain't going to make it. What, it. what just rolls up in you right now, it ain't going to make it to glory. Let me tell you something. The Bible said whatever, whatever forgiveness you give, whatever you meet, whatever you render, that thing's going to hit you right back in your face. I'm trying to quit, Johnny Wayne. That bad state that you done found you in, the only way you're going to get in relief from that, you got to come up here to one of these old-fashioned altars. You got to come. You got to say, Lord, I was wrong. Thank you, Leon said, I ain't doing good. I said, oh, yeah, you're doing real good. You're doing real good. I said, how do you think you're doing? I believe he gave me, he said, I, I, I probably 60-40. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm 40. He's 60 against me. Boy, I seen the Lord get it all in that thing. When that thing got over with, look, it wasn't nothing but a big old joke. It was over and done with. Let me tell you something. Your sin, your sin, it ain't because you ought to, you got healthy children, you ought to be shouting. It's that God loved you so much. You done trespassed against God's word so much. You done went the other way from God so much before you ever got saved. You didn't deserve God's forgiveness. You didn't deserve what Larry and them get. You didn't deserve what Leon got. But God just looked down out of mercy and he just made you a child of the king. <laughs> Lord, preaching ain't no hard thing to me. Thank you for coming to Christ Church today. You sweet family, thank y'all. We got a place for your children next Sunday. Amen. And I noticed them little girls over there. They was just singing on the screen. And if we can be that church, we want to be that church. Thank y'all for coming to this church today. Yes. You know, it still could be that somebody says, look here. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I, I really don't have no peace. And I'm really that person. Nick could be a very religious person here today. So look here, I'm just kind of jealous of everybody. I'm so far away from God's love and God's, I, I done forgot about God's forgiveness. I don't want nobody forgiven. I really, it makes me mad when somebody else gets blessed but me. And then God done rain down on you and you so blessed. And you just get so mad when somebody else gets blessed or something good happened to them. It's just something rousing. You know what that is? That's a demon. You know what's got to happen to that demon? It's got to be cast out. If you don't, you know what's going to happen to us? It's going to grow. As we stand to her feet, maybe Kaylee, you come and help me. What a blessing Kaylee is. Let me say something as Kaylee's coming. Next week, we're going to put it in the church bulletin. Kaylee and her sister, Chloe and Christy, we're getting the money together. They're going to Nicaragua. They're going to do a mission work over there. Christy was the one that was here last week and leading the children in that. We'll be putting it in the bulletin just like we did with the youth. And thank you for your giving to that. But if you want to contribute to them going, just get with me. Or when you write a check, just do it. Mission trip for Christy Williams. We're going to be sending them out as missionaries. You know what I wish? I wish we had a hundred. I wish we had a hundred folks that here am I, Lord, send me. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> as bad as you may think Brownsville is, I like browns. I don't want to go nowhere, old younger. I don't want to. I got to get on a boat. I, I just play my little sailboat in my bathtub or something. I don't want to go nowhere. 
The Lord just leave me right here. Thank you for coming. Lord, I wonder today. Lord, they don't have to move. We don't have to fill out no card. Lord, it ain't about filling out no card. Lord, it's about their name. It's about them getting in contact with Jesus today. Lord, if it be one here today, Lord, that they ain't never trusted you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray they call out right now and say, Lord, it's as simple as ABC. You got to say, Lord, I admit I'm lost. I, I don't have that peace. You won't never be in a place that's going to love you more than this church right here. It won't be any more any easier to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior than right here. But first thing you've got to do, you've got to admit that, Lord, I don't have that peace that I need. It ain't what mama told you and grandmama told you that you walked down an aisle one day and you was baptized. Do you have that peace in your heart? If not today, the B part is you've got to believe that Jesus died just for you. You can't get saved without bypassing. You can't bypass the cross and get saved. You've got to believe for God so loved the world so much. He so loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You say today, Lord, I want everlasting life. Lord, today I'm ready to confess you as Lord of my life. 